0: The Rabinu Yuna, who's one of the primary texts in his work Shari Chuva, that we use to as a guidelines for chuva, speaks about in the very first step in Chuva and he describes what he calls in Hebrew charata charata, regret. And what I'd like to speak today is go through a little bit of the text with you together, but also to highlight the difference between what we're translating to English as regret and, and guilt. And I think people who take Chiva seriously often get caught up in, in a, a very deep entanglement of where. Guilt ends and regret begins. Is there a clear distinction between them, and um, what is tshuva about? And surely, sometimes people even go as far as to think it's, it's there's some level of emphasis and preference that a person should feel guilty. Feeling guilty is some type of it's a good thing to feel guilty. Uh, so I'd like to discuss that. And I'll begin by saying that, as far as I know. Um, I know very little, but as far as I've seen and as far as I've been exposed to, the only way I've ever seen guilt presented in Jewish um, works is as an incredibly negative emotion which comes directly from the Yetzirah, the other side, the dark side, the sitrach. In other words, I've never seen a positive description of what we'd call in English guilt. Which again, I, I don't, don't know what, what that does for literally generations and generations of Jewish mothers. I don't know how. You know. How, how many Jewish mothers does it, does it take to change a life? Um, I'll sit here in the dark, it's fine.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. So guilt is, uh, guilt is a terrible thing. I'd like to explain why guilt is such a terrible thing. And then I'd like to discuss what regret is. And I'd like to discuss why regret is such a wonderful thing. Great, regret is, is, is taka, an unbelievable thing. So let's start off by discussing what the Rebbein Yohan says. The Rebbein Yohan begins and says in the, what's called the haharata regret the Levavoy, a person needs to understand Kira Vomar Ozvoyes Hashem It's fascinating The beginning of regret has got to do not with what I've done wrong per se and it doesn't focus on I've been bad but rather it is bitter, it's unpleasant, it's painful to have left Hashem so the presupposition is there was a connection, and the beginning of regret is realizing how I'm suffering as a loss, as a feeling, as, a, as how difficult it is to be bereft of that connection. That's the first step. So in other words, the entire focus from the word go is there's this intimacy that's shared between us and the Creator and a realization of the breakdown of the intimacy and the loss of that connection is the starting point of my tshuva process it's not about I'm a bad guy that's not the point if you could be a bad guy, be a, if it wouldn't affect your relationship, be a bad guy okay, yes. the problem is that because you're a bad guy, that's affected your relationship But were it to be that it wouldn't affect your relationship following me. So let's start off with a basic description of what guilt is and how it works. What guilt is, it's a way of looking upon something that I've done in the past and relating it to my being in the present. In the past, I... I have to give an example. Uh, sorry? Well, uh, uh, that, that, that's, that's rather extreme. No,
1: no, but that's it because
0: that's why you're not having to be <coughs> Okay, well, let, let's, should we begin with that extreme? Um, in the past, I killed someone. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, pretty horrible. And now I feel guilty. How does the guilt work? The guilt works as follows. I relate back to the act I've done in the past and I say, because I killed someone in the past, I feel terrible and I feel terrible because I'm a murderer and I'm the kind of person that kills other people I'm the kind of person that has no respect for another's life I'm the kind of person that's willing to wipe out the soul of another person I am the worst human being alive on earth that's called guilt And what you do is, you go back to the event in the past, and you bring the event in the past to the present, and you use it to describe your present status. Because in the past I did that, that's a reflection of what I am in the present, and therefore... Once I've made that, what does it lead me to do? A, it leads me to feel terrible about myself, and it will probably lead me to murder again. Because what I've done is, I've created an equation between the being in the present and the being in the past. And therefore, I've told myself I'm a murderer. So now that I'm a murderer, I'm the kind of person that kills. So why wouldn't I kill again? So guilt is based on creating an equation from the person in the present to the act in the past and saying same thing when reviewing that the person feels revolting about themselves but that's because they equate their previous being with the present being and that is why guilt is such an antithesis to children because guilt means that you haven't moved forward or changed you've remained the same and not only that it goes even in a pernicious way deeper it says not only have you remained the same but that defines who you are guilt is you look at the act as a defining component of who you are today shocking how does regret work regret works in exactly the opposite way and that's why it's so crucial not to mix these two issues together it says the rebrand you and worse than this, person going through the process of regret and he thinks about the way he's behaved and the first section which I've left out is the person speaks about what he's done to his body now we see what you've done to your soul even worse than this, what I've done to my body, I've done to my soul I've been on my precious soul, ach zori Ach-zori is sometimes translated as cruel. In fact, it's a contraction of two Hebrew words. Ach means only, Zara means strange. When a person is cruel to another, it's because there's an absolute estrangement between the two of them. That I can only inflict pain upon another when I'm so removed from their position that I don't feel any connection. So cruelty is an estrangement to the nth degree. Ach-zori. So I've been estranged from my soul Ki become defiled by the desires of my Yetzir and how could it be that I have swapped the olam Choyleif for a, trans, tra, a transient world for a world which a temporal world for a world which comes and goes V'eich how could it be Hechlafti that I have swapped the olam Choyleif in exchange Forgetting a temporary world, how could I have swapped a temporary world and given, taken that instead of a eternal world? How could I be like an animal? I've chased after my desire like a like a horse, like a mule, ain't having without thinking. And I have deviated from the way of the wise. So the rabbi mm. looks at mm. a person's looking at himself. And a person looks at himself and they say, How could this have happened? How could this have happened? How could it be? What person says, how could that have been? A person that feels that they in the mud or a person who sees that they way above the mud? I can only be astonished at how I could have behaved badly if my present status is one of loftiness. If I feel that I'm a wholly enlightened individual and I look at the past and I say, what? How could that have happened? And I measure the distance from what happened in the past to where I am in the present and I say, that act, how can it be connected to me? And I'm astonished at it. It's exactly the opposite of guilt. I look at the event in the past and I relate it to the present and there's no equation. There's an astonishing disconnection. I say, what? That's not a reflection of who I am. That's an antithesis of who I am. How could I have done that? The only time you can say, how could I have done that, is based on the premise that I should be doing something radically different from that. It's exactly the opposite of guilt. It's saying, that which I did in the past is so not me. It's so not descriptive of who I am. It's an antithesis to who I am. So therefore the regret is, I look at what I did, and I look at who I am, and I think, gosh, that is so completely inappropriate. The point where charata begins is the exact opposite to where guilt begins. Guilt begins when I look at what I did in the past, and I say, well, I feel terrible now because I'm the type of person that did the event in the past and therefore I am disgusting and revolting. Charata, regret is I am so great. I am so elevated. I am such an evid Hashem, And this act I did. I did this act. And when I see that I could have done this act when I'm such a great person that fills me with pain. That's the pain of regret. And the Rebbein goes on and he says and now listen to the loftiness of the speech. Listen to where the person is. Listen to what type of person you're speaking about. This is regret. Vihine. the creator. Emuna. Person has absolute faith. Faith in what? ba'api breathed into my nostrils. This person has emuna. Person has a realisation that they have a spiritual component. Wisdom of the heart. You're speaking about a person who's appreciating their greatness, they've got wisdom. an incredible intellect. Why? To see the Creator. To have an awe of His presence. And to rule over my body. You're describing a person who's on a level where they have a consciousness of the Creator. They have a mastery of self. And because that's who I am, and I did the opposite to who I am, it's ridiculous. What am I using my life for? Regret comes from the jarring contrast between who I am and what I've done. In other words, regret comes from the place of the highness of self. That I understand that I am a, crea- I'm a, cre- I'm a being that was created by the Creator and into me He breathed the soul of life and wisdom and understanding and the ability to rule over myself. That's who I am. And I did that. I did that. No! And that crime is regret. So in order for regret to even come into the picture, one has to have this consciousness of how great you are otherwise you can never regret if you've got a low self-esteem a very distorted vision of your greatness so then you say, well, <laughs> how can I regret what I did in the past? what do you mean? that's what I do I'm the kind of person that is, succumbs to their desires I'm the kind of person that spurts out horrible words I'm the kind of person that has no control over what they eat what they talk, what they say, what they look at that's me then there can never be regret but when you say, I'm the kind of person that's endowed with self-mastery I'm the kind of person they can watch my speech so carefully and watch what comes into my mouth because I'm a and I didn't that's inconceivable that's painful now do you also understand as a result of that regret moves you forward guilt moves you backwards regret says I'm not the person that did that act and therefore the pain of realizing how could I have done that says to me I'll never do that again how could I do that? It's such an absolute defeat of my being. I'm not going to go back there. Are you crazy? I'm going to go back there and stick myself in the mud. That's not who I am. Moves you forward. Guilt moves you backwards. Oh, I'm so terrible. I'm so terrible. I'm probably <coughs> going to do that again. So the initial stage of tuva, ironically, begins with an imuna in oneself. The immunah in oneself. That there's a greatness of self. Then, within oneself, that there's something elevated, something divine, something above and beyond everything else. That I'm not a lowly creature, I'm a lofty creature. And then you can say, well, if that's who I am, why did I do that? And that feeling of contrast to my being in the present, to what I do in the past says, I wish I never would have done that because that's not me. And that feeling of, I wish I never would have done that, is the first time you capture the regret. And that is the cathartic process which heals the word. Because when you remove and you say, that which I wanted, I don't want, that's called the rectification that shiva performs. So... completely untrue you can very easily go towards chuvah with without the feeling of guilt and not only that, if you have the feeling of guilt you will not do chuvah the feeling of guilt is I look at what I did in the past the example given earlier was I killed someone in the past and I look at myself and say I killed someone in the past therefore I'm a terrible person I'm a murderer now if I've defined myself based on the event in the past as a murderer in the present so I feel there's no hope and I'll probably murder again whereas chuvah is all about change Whereas if I have regret, I look at the past and I say, I'm the murderer. Me? I love people. I've been given the capacity to connect, to resist, to overcome my desires. That's who I am. How could I have done that in the past? That's antithetical to myself. I hate the act that I did in the past because it's an absolute denial of who I am. It's not me. I wish it never would have been done by this body because it's a complete opposite to what I am and I'm never ever going to do that again because it's so antithetical to my being. So guilt is the opposite of tshuva. You don't need it at all. You need not to have it.
1: but the shame the
0: shame the shame what is the shame? exactly the shame is measuring up the act against myself you're only ashamed if you behave inappropriately Mm. if it's an appropriate behavior then you don't feel shame the shame is regret Mm. guilt is not not shame guilt is when I feel bad about what I've done because I feel it's who I am Shame is that feel to not me and therefore I'm ashamed. Mm-hmm. The same thing.
1: I wonder is there a difference between regret and going to run, but also the feeling of like this is the past and I'm gonna move on to like do better in the future. Like connected or can you sort of feel less regret?
0: Okay, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. What I think you're asking is that in chivalry it's very future oriented. We don't look at what we did in the past, we look at fixing up the future. But
1: yeah, yes, yeah, so guess the first like do I just beat yourself up about regret the thing that you regret in the past. Right. As opposed to like you cut
0: out and move on. So so it depends how you relate it. In other words, if you relate to the past as an exposure of how you look at the act and you say wow that was you feel your present state of that thing that I did is so far away from me so when you look at it it pushes you forward because you don't want you don't want you don't want to be associated with that type of act so regret pushes you forward because it means that when you look at the past you don't want to go back to where there was and because you acknowledge there's no reflection of yourself you don't wallow in it you move beyond it Regret is the actual getting over it. Mm-hmm. Guilt means you stick with it. The minute you make this decision as to who you are as a person, so then the act itself becomes disassociated from your essential personality. So you can, you, there's no beating yourself up, because the thing that I did wasn't a reflection of who I am. So by implication, regret means moving forward. Yes. OK. I think so, when you say guilt, in your mind, how do you define guilt? I
1: analyze something I've done, Yes. feeling that it's wrong, and yes. I'm embarrassed, and I feel
0: uh, awful. Why Why are you embarrassed and why do you feel awful?
1: How can I have done that?
0: Why not? You're a horrible person. You did it.
1: What is guilt? I'm, I'm asking. Let's just
0: keep on the discussion. Why do you feel bad? You're not a horrible person? No. You're a good person. But you feel bad that you did it. Yeah. B- because it's not really well, the way you should have behaved. Because yeah. you're above that. Mm-hmm.
1: Because, I would, uh, because it was wrong.
0: It was wrong and you shouldn't behave that way and you realize it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And you realize that had you done that, had you had the opportunity and be put in that situ- situation again, you wouldn't do that again. Because it's below you. Yeah. It's below you. You're above that. That's called regret, that's not called guilt. When you experience guilt, you don't say, if I w-, you say, I feel terrible about what I did because that's who I am. What you're saying is, I feel terrible about what I did because that's who I'm not.
1: So if you say that's who
0: you are, then you'd say, and if it would happen again, I'd do it again because I'm that type of person. So again, we're just arguing about what, what, what the word means. The way I'm understanding what the word guilt means mm-hmm. is that you feel bad about what you've done because it describes who you are. You and what, what you're saying guilt is. means is you feel bad about who you are because it describes who you're not. So what you're calling guilt, I'm calling regret. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a choice, no. Right? No. 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 No.
1: I think guilt's kind of quite a destructive. Thing. You feel so left. Guilt makes you depressed. Okay, guilt makes you
0: depressed. Now, how does it work that you get depressed? (coughs) Why do you get depressed? Guilt makes you depressed because you believe that you're the person that did the act, that you're still the same person. No, it's not. It's one step worse. When you feel depressed, when you feel depressed, it means that you feel that you can't move forward. You feel that this is holding you, it's keeping you down. When you feel regretful, you feel that I'm not going to let that happen. You, You know, for example, for example, just a stupid example, which is not let's not make this a spiritual thing, let's make this a physical thing. You've just bought a brand new car. A sable black. BMW Z4. Spanking new. And you're reversing out of your driveway and you don't bother to look and you go smack into a pole. The feeling that you experience at the moment is, oh, I wish it never would have happened. You don't experience guilt. You say, I was so stupid for not looking. When you say to yourself, I was so stupid for not looking, you're saying, because I'm the person that should look, I acted in a way which was below myself. So then what happens is if that happens to you I can assure you you'll never reverse out of your drive without looking again. Regret moves you forward. Yeah. Guilt doesn't. And then in
1: that case, what would
0: be guilt? So in that case a person it's hard because we don't experience guilt over but let's say let's say you
1: can say that I so always driving Correct you could say yeah.
0: I'm a bad driver, I'm never going to be able to drive well, I'm so depressed, you see I can't do anything right, I can't even reverse my new car out of the drive, I'm just a pathetic driver, it's probably going to happen a thousand more times as well,
1: give up driving. might as well give up
0: driving, sell the car, <laughs> buy a bus ticket, yes. Again, they get confused, I'm saying I'm making a very clear-cut division, of course emotionally we don't necessarily, we get caught up a little bit of this and a little bit of that.
1: Well no, like, I mean, yeah, that's true, but in, maybe, like, I don't know, you did something and you feel like it's not necessarily typical to your character or something, but you're so afraid that you'll be like too weak to do it again, so to not do it again, <sighs> Which one that be? So then.
0: Perfect. That's, be a, good good that's a great good point. That's a great point. Great point. In other words, sometimes you feel a little bit of regret, but the regret isn't complete because you don't really have that elevated sense of self to the nth degree. So it becomes this composite of guilt and regret, and you say, I do think it was inappropriate, but it could happen again. Mm-hmm. So that's where you see that, that's, that's the work of chuvah. The work of chuvah is to try and move and emphasize and contemplate on how I can't let that happen again. The more you focus on inappropriate, it's not right, so the more you develop the energy to avoid in the future. But again, so it comes out that the essential work in tshuva is not really about what you did in the past, but where you are in the present. That's basically the crucial point that I'd like to point out. It's not about where you were in the past. That's a destructive type of... thinking and dwelling on and mulling over. It's where I am in the present. And the greater your sense of faith of what you can do in the present, the more the regret will be, but the further forward you'll move. Um, I know we are a little bit limited for time, so I just want to shoot ahead a little bit and discuss one other point. Um, So so let's say we've, we've hopefully thrashed out a little bit this idea of the difference between guilt and regret but let's start about, okay, so now if that's true that the greatness of self in the presence creates the regret in the past and allows us to spring forward what happens if we experience guilt and we don't have that sense of self so let's say, uh, we've we've got the intellectual model, fits perfectly but then what happens if I think about myself in the past and I say, well I actually believe that's who I am which is, of course, a problem, right? In other words, we can understand the model. Don't believe it that you are, and then you can move forward. But, but I, I do think... In other words, the problem is I get influenced by that. That's so you, you need to move away from that. So now, you see that it's quite a fascinating thing that Tshuva is based on imuna. You need to have imuna, And this time, it's not imuna directing God, it's imuna in godliness, in myself. And this is a thing which I think is often overlooked. But people don't understand this equation between the relationship... Of the Creator in the world and the soul in my body. There are two levels of Emunah and there's a parallel between them. The first level of Emunah is Emunah in Hashem, Emunah in God. And you realize that, listen, there's a world. The world is very structured, the world is very physical, but underneath the scenes there's a spiritual core which makes everything move. There's something underneath it which, which, which is the true essence of everything else. And that thing underneath it is perfectly pure and perfectly good. We can't always see it. Emuna means even when the external appearance seems to be the opposite to that goodness, I believe it's all for the good. So Gumor Bracha says, We have to make the same Bracha the same way on good and evil. Because the reason when we see evil and we don't get that it's purely good, it's because we missing we're missing, we're missing pieces of the puzzle emunah in the world, emunah in Hashem is that we see a world and sometimes we see it we see the kindness, we see the goodness we see it coming out and sometimes it's lost emunah in yourself is no difference every single one of us has inside of us that same, pure completely distilled from any evil sense of goodness each and every one of us sometimes it's hidden what happens when that goodness is hidden same thing as when you believe in god you understand that even though it's hidden i know it's there i know that underneath the surface if i dig deeply enough it will come out so now how do we have a in hashem how do we have faith in the creator the way we have faith in the creator is we have high points that we can clutch onto. In, in, in Torah, the, the, the highest point, and we build a lot of our connection to the Creator on it, and that's why it happened that way, is the exodus from Egypt. There was this point where all the curtains were opened, and a Kodesh broker said, here I am, and we make that part and parcel of our everyday life. That's why we have such a huge focus on Pesach, the, the entire ceremony which revolves around the Pesach say, the Matzah. That's why we, twice a day, remember the exodus from Egypt. That's why there's mezuzahs, that's why there's men have tefillin and tzitzis. It's become part of our psyche, because we know that the Creator's there, we know we haven't seen Him, but we've got points of reference, and also in our own personal lives. We don't always see Hashem's hand, but we see a charm, we see it there, and we see it there, and all the times when it's exposed, creates a theme, whereby we're able to fill in the missing blanks the blanks in between we say we saw Hashem here and we know He's there we can't see Him here but we know it's the same Hashem that was over there, it's also over here so sometimes you have in our own personal lives we have small miracles and we use those small miracles to inform of the time when those miracles don't present themselves in the same way that's how, that's how we work in other words, that's how we see Hashem in our lives now the truth is just like we see Hashem in our lives we have to see the Hashem in us in the same way How does that work? Sometimes we behave, behave inappropriately Sometimes we don't do what we're meant to do But there are times when we show Incredible feats of greatness We demonstrate kindness We demonstrate connection Sometimes our hearts open up And we pray a prayer Which is completely and totally connected to the Creator. Sometimes we extend ourselves well beyond our physical strength to help someone else. Sometimes we do some level of self-sacrifice. Now, what do you have to do? We have to look at those small events in our life as little revelations of Hashem inside ourselves. That's called seeing the soul. Those are little... Little, little Nisai Mitzrayim those are the little exodus of Egypt you see that you have inside of yourself a tremendous greatness now you don't see it the whole time sometimes it's hidden, a lot of the time it's hidden but it peeks its head out what you have to do is, you have to look at the time when it peeks its head out and understand that's not the exception but that's a rule it's just hidden under the surface And what happens is when you focus on those events and you start to combine them together and you say, I know because on Monday I was exhausted. And a friend phoned me up and said, listen, I just need help with the shopping. And it's the last thing in the world I wanted to do. And I thought, you know what? She needs it. I'm going to do it for her. And you go and you do the shopping. So then, boom, you framed a revelation of your neshama. And then you go and on Tuesday what happened was you are extremely late and everything was... There was confusion and there was... And what happened was, instead of just responding with anger, you said, Hashem, I need help. And you called out. That's another, another little indication of the neshama inside of you. And then on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, and the truth is, if you look, you'll find these things, until you can string together a necklace of these little pearls, which create the most beautiful description of who is there underneath the surface. When you start to see that, that's when you can start to appreciate what the Rabbeinu is saying. I look at myself and I say, how can I have done that? That's not who I am. Because I know from these strung together events that I'm completely different from that. That I have the ability to rise above. That I have self-mastery. That I have the connection. That I'm a walking spiritual. There's no one in this room that will ever, ever die. Because we are all eternal. No one dies human being doesn't die, human being is a shaman it lasts forever someone said an apt phrase they said I'm not it's not that I, I I'm a body that has a soul but I'm a soul that has a body it focuses it right but you have to be able to see that and when you start to see that because you put together the events of your life <coughs> and you see what you've done then you can come to chiva. so ironically contrary to what we think point of tshuva doesn't begin with seeing all the wrong I've done it begins with seeing all the right I've done that gives you a context to view the wrong and if you can't see the right you can never deal with the wrong unless you build up yourself and you reveal to yourself who you are you can't possibly move forward because you can't experience regret you can only experience guilt so if you want to prepare for Yom Kippur the way to do it is coming into terms with our own greatness and please do not confuse us with the ridiculous notion which people bandy about of self-esteem. That's, that's something completely different. What we're talking about here is self winner. It's got nothing to do with what I have and what I am and what I do. It's got to do with what is intrinsically my essential being, regardless of what I have and what I do and what I think and what I feel. There's something deeper, deeper, more precious that every single one of us has. And you see it peeking out of its head from time to time, string those pieces together. The greater your level of belief in who you are, the further you can go, the greater distance you can create with the things you've done in the past, and the more you can propel yourself forward. The less emunah you have inside yourself, the more you get trapped in the past, the less you can move forward, the further you are away from chuva. It's a complete turnaround to the way we normally used to think. That Chuvah begins with the greatness of self, not with the loneliness of self. And that greatness of self then begins to think, oh my gosh, if that's who I am, how could I have done that? But unless we have the greatness, we can't really move forward at all. Yeah?
1: In terms of, you say distinguish or separate between self-esteem and all the But if we need to look at greatness of ourselves, unless we live in a total vacuum, we can't do that in you know, sort ourselves of in relation to others. Yes. Like, even if let's say we have a very high self esteem and we believe that whatever we've done is perfect yes most people think. but if let's say you have an incident where other people feel that like you've let them down or yes. seen something and you really sincerely believe that you've been in the right, right you will get an element of guilt because unless you, you <coughs> don't relate yourself to No, others.
0: unless you have a mona inside of yourself that you understand that if you were wrong a person who has this emunia inside themselves will be easy to admit their faults because it doesn't threaten the essence. When you believe your essence is, is, is in your actions and not in your essence, if you believe that you are what you do, so then when you do something wrong and someone says you did something wrong, you collapse. If you believe that there's a muna that I'm great regardless of what I do, if you do something wrong, you say, Do you know what? That was very wrong of me, it was completely appropriate, you're right. You, you 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 have you have no idea how core this is. But if that has a knock
1: on effect for them, then you wouldn't have an element of guilt and regret, but also guilt something that you've done
0: is causing someone else and it was so inappropriate and you shouldn't have done it so you feel you feel regret that you acted that way it was so inappropriate for a person of your stature to act that way mm. this, this notion of self imuna is, is, is fundamental to, to chuvah to life to everything and if we don't have this if you don't have imuna, emunah in life is everything it's a good in the end of Marcus it says that a person has to live with their muna. that encompasses and the basis and the foundation for the rest of the Torah if you don't have it and then Muna is twofold you have to believe in Hashem and in Moshe your servant meaning you have to believe the belief of God in the world and the belief of God in man and that transforms everything and that's why a person who's in touch with the spiritual side of himself inevitably will be a much 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 um, much higher developed in being in and everything else follows. If you don't have it, nothing can follow. I, I think not that
1: what you were saying before that like you feel like already so far past that it's not really in because obviously it wasn't you that could have done it. Are you supposed to discuss those things that are so not you that you or you already feel like you would never repeat or just the things that in your The way
0: the way work? the way you the way you ultimately Disassociate them from yourself is you acknowledge that it was it came, these things came about through me, and they didn't reflect me. And therefore, by me admitting that I did them, and it's so inappropriate, and feeling that pain, that's how you let go of them. But the
1: things to dwell on is what's in your, the are not really. Like when you're like, maybe I could do that again because realistically So
0: that, that's where you need to grow that's, that, that's where you need to push up your level of emuna, that you're beyond it
1: So in order to be like, cleansed, so to speak where are you supposed to focus? on like, what's so not you what kind
0: of this you are? Well, okay. again, you're meant to focus on both but the easy part is the things which are clearly inappropriate to who you are now and you feel that strongly and the harder part is when you still feel deeply okay, so maybe I'll make one more point I don't know how much time we have. how much time do we have? none
1: <coughs>
0: we have 15 minutes ok so, so so the next thing is let's go on to explore and it's really the next part of the Rabbeinu Yerina. he says he now discusses the next so the first level is harata, which is regret the next level is aziva sachet letting go of the thing that you're doing wrong which is really what we're talking about and now he says a fascinating thing which is so makes so much sense Imagine a person doesn't, does, uh, does, does something wrong. Now there's different ways you can do wrong things. Say for a person, Balchava has worked really hard on not eating non-kosher food. And it's been a really difficult test, but they've managed to conquer that. And one day they're walking down the street and they're going past a extremely delicious Treif restaurant, and as they go past, you can almost see they know those, those smell
1: <laughs> Smell beams,
0: c- circling up and curling into his nose. Oh he says, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do, do it. Oh, look at this, I'm going into the door, gosh, looks like I'm ordering a hamburger. And he orders a hamburger and eats it, and he finishes eating it, and he goes, What in the world did I do? I cannot believe did that that was ridiculous how did that how did that happen so then the regret follows immediately after the sin after what you've done wrong because it was such an exception to the rule of your being so the regret happens like that so says the Rebbein that's the first level of regret in that kind of Avera in that kind of transgression that kind of negative action so the regret is a natural follow-on from the act because it was so inappropriate and it felt so bad. It says, that's great. That works for that kind of a Avera. But what about, and I think this is what you're talking about, the various that we're doing all day long? We do, we do Averas all day long. Um, or maybe not you. I do Averas all day long. And um, I do them. So now when I do it again, I don't experience regret because I did it two hours ago as well. Uh... Okay, passing a Snyder mark. So when I pass a snide mark, which is derogatory to someone else, I don't feel regret because I've been doing it, I do it every day. And I know it's wrong. So what should I do with that? So there, the regret can't be the first stage in the Chiva process because I don't regret it. Because at this point in time, the me and the action are completely interconnected. That's who I am. <coughs> and regret is a distance from the action. So you can only experience regret when you've distanced yourself from where you were to where you are. But when you are where you, when you are right now, that's who you are, so then you can't experience regret because that's who you are. So, so what do you do with that? So the Union, says a fascinating vote. He says, you don't experience regret. For that kind of a vera, the chuvah doesn't start with regret. There's no regret. <coughs> what do you do? Step number one, stop. don't do it again and when you stop doing it it's a purely behavioral change you still want to do it therefore you can't regret it but you have to stop it what makes you stop it? What makes you stop it is you realize there's consequences to action. What makes you stop it, what makes you stop it is because you realize that there's things beyond, that there's consequences, Yom Kippur, that, there's, that, there's, that there's, there's repercussions to doing something wrong. But it's not because you want to do it. It's something external. You'd like to continue doing it. So you can't regret it. You can't regret something that you feel is an expression of yourself. So therefore, at that point in time, just stop doing it. Even though you still want to. Now, this is very important for chuba because by the sometimes feel guilty that they don't regret sometimes to regret something you have to take a decade because you have to move so far beyond it until you feel that you're a different person and you look back and then you thought oh my gosh that was really, really, I don't feel, I feel, ugh, that wasn't me but that takes time so what should you do in the areas where you don't regret in the areas where you don't regret, you don't regret you stop, you stop doing it, that's called aziva sekheit and what do you do so now you stop doing it and then you stop doing it and slowly but surely because you stop doing it that allows you to move away from it you move away from it and then as the distance between what you used to do to where you are today is lengthened then post-facto long time later you can experience the regret so there's actually two ways of chuva. if it's an a that's inappropriate there are sometimes if you look back at your year there's certain things that we did that we feel sick that we did them ok just one second there are certain things that we feel sick we did that's the one type of there we can have the regret and we can move beyond not a problem the there the are other things that um, we did in the past that we, we feel that intellectually yes they were wrong but we don't feel any sense of experiential pain for the first category first you regret you move away from the sin and you go forward. For the second category, don't try to regret it because you don't. Be honest, be real, you're not going to regret it. But you have to stop doing it. You can't do it anymore. That's just not on. Stop doing it. Stop doing it, move away, slowly but surely, create a distance, and then later on, you'll be able to experience the regret. Yeah.
1: So you have to always experience the regret. Like, what if there were things that you did that are so far from who you are now? But you don't want to regret them, like with the balsa to sugar. like maybe you ate non-kosher food or went clubbing or whatever. And I wouldn't do it now, but I don't regret what I did then. I didn't know I was a different person. So have I not done to sugar until I regret what I did? Do you if, know what I mean? Like
0: if you could look back yeah. and you could see how you could have been.
1: For sure, but I didn't know at the time. But you're
0: right, but 100%. You can't look back and say, if I had, I You it. can't look and say, if I would have been the same person I was then, of course I would have done that. I can't regret putting myself back into that person's mind. Mm-hmm. But let's say I would have now chosen how I would have lived my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would I have chosen that approach? In other words, imagine your life growing up, and you're 10 years old, 12 years old, you're 15 years old. And now in your mind, you've created the, the ideal 15-year-old. Would you go to a club?
1: Probably not, but I didn't have that.
0: No, I'm saying, so again, so the regret is not that you look back, especially with the Baal because it was, there was like almost, but had you had the chance now, or better, if you want to really get the regret, imagine your daughter.
1: But but that's, to me that's a different scenario, that's um, acknowledging. Yes. Not, like like I don't want to walk around thinking like my whole past was Mm. like...
0: That's true. Absolutely, and it's me. a very dangerous thing, no guilt, yeah. no guilt. Like I'm rather <laughs> more proud where I've come than Absolutely. regretting where I was. Being proud of where you've come is called regret. Okay. okay. Doesn't mean you have to be negative about Doesn't mean you have to be negative, and not only that, with a Balchiva, it's mm-hmm. much more complicated. Because there was an area of, there was, an, uh, there was a sense of duress that accompanies a Balchiva, because you didn't really know better. So it's a very different type of thing, it's much more a sense of, Those experiences in my present life are valuable through their contrast. And I learned a lot from it. So you don't regret the experiences. But I can assure you, since you've become full and you've done things that you knew were wrong, (laughs) you can regret. Another question
1: about that is how can you ever feel totally clean on your people? Because, especially if you became about the show, you've done things in your life you wouldn't ever do ever again. Right. But you still carry them with you. So how can you have a sense, all right, I'm
0: completely cleansed, I'm sin free, I move on to the next year because you have to fall back, actually. Okay, this is a a complicated point, but the truth is the 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 way you cleanse yourself is, of course, you carry them with you. But it depends what you do with them. If you use them, you know, the Gemara says that in a certain level of Tshuva, your transgressions become merits. So let's say you look back at what you've done and you think you see how destructive it was so it prompts you forward so you haven't left it behind but that same thing which is negative in the context of now has become positive in other words seeing how destructive of what is the cleansing itself
1: those it your life you can't, can't
0: rewrite your history but the impact of what it did to you becomes very relevant in the present as a means of pushing you forward. So then it's great. That negative thing is now positive. In the present moment it's been framed as positive. It's given you meaning, it's given you impetus, you've moved beyond it. That's the
1: whole process.
0: It's <laughs> process. Cool. Yes. What
1: you said before about initially if you don't regret it then you have to stop. yes and maybe ten years later you regret it. That's right. So are we supposed to like do the show of things now? ten years ago they were only just starting to feel like regret about it. Absolutely. So every year
0: you're supposed to so that's what the frame says, that every year essentially as a person lifts himself up in Madragas, again, that is an ideal sense. I think that is <laughs> ideally, conceptually, theoretically, I'm not telling you what you should do. Theoretically the great Sadiqim would do shiva every year. Because every year as they went up further, they'd have greater regret than what they did in the past.
1: So every year you're supposed to regret the same thing. Ideally
0: theoretically, I'm not giving you practical advice. Do you understand? Otherwise, you know, you don't keep you need six days. I need six days. Second in us. I, I remember when I was thirteen. And how did I do that to the teacher? Mm. <laughs> Throwing a blackboard dust in her face. Gosh, And that was like no, that's just one day in school.
1: Mm. <laughs> It, it seems relevant to do that if it's something that you remember now, that I did, like when I was 13, I remember it now, and think, oh, I need to get to shoot for that, because I never have. But if I've gone to Schubert for it last year before, then
0: surely i was forgiven for it last year. You've forgiven for it, so I've of course, now again, again, I'm saying ideally, 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 that a person, we are always in motion. So it's not, it's not like, it's not like beating yourself up. It's like a sense of liberation of, wow, when I look back at that, I see how far away I am from it. That's called tshuva. That's called regret. You do keep
1: doing it every It's like saying
0: that we don't believe in. No, 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 no. Definitely so not. Really definitely not. You, once you've done it, once you've forgiven, your slate is clean. But interesting enough, when I look back, I have an experience. When I look back, what I was like when I was a wayward youth. So every year, I see how more and more stupid it is. And the the practical relevance is, it gives me a different focus of when I see people who are now 18-year-olds, and I remember when I was 18-year-old, I get a deeper insight into what they do, and I have a deeper connection to getting them out of it. Okay, ladies, thank you very much. Shugumar, Tova, a very good year, and we should all successfully implement this.